Uh, okay, that's all we want to talk about right now. If you put your uh, bulletin aside, open up to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's pray. Father, as we look into your word, we pray your blessing on this extraordinary passage of Scripture. And I feel totally unworthy to teach it, but guess what? That's how I feel about all of Scripture. But this, in a way, because I'm not sure my life is always marked by the faith that, you, that pleases you, and, and, but I want it to be, Lord. I want to, uh, you know, show people faith and demonstrate it in my life. And, I, you know, the, the word here tells us, without faith it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, you know I believe that, Father. So I, I trust, Lord, as uh, I'll exercise faith in teaching here this morning that the Spirit of God will take the word of God and plant it in our hearts in a way that glorifies you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We got our first seven verses under our belt last week. I was kind of hoping to get Abraham too, or at least part of it, the calling of Abraham, but I didn't get that far. I don't know exactly, because, like I say, you know, I don't, Susan tell you, I don't practice this in front of a mirror, <laughs> My timing it, <laughs> you know, I just, I just don't. Um, you know, uh, sometimes uh, when, when I teach, I'm as surprised as anybody. You're saying, you're not supposed to be. Uh, it just works out that way. I don't always, I, I, I'm like everyone else, show up to see what's going to happen. Uh, I'll read the first few verses. We'll start in verse 8, but I'm going to read the first seven verses, kind of just, just by way of context, okay? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translate. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Righteousness comes by faith. And we can look at a myriad of scriptures that say that. Now, verse 8. Now, this review just very quickly. Abel teaches us about worship, coming to the way of God, the, the way that's... We, we looked at Abel and Cain. Cain is the religion of do, while Abel is the religion of done. Cain's a religious man. And that's his problem. And his whole thing is like, well, I believe in God. I come to God on my own way. And God won't have that. I, you know, I, I, I hear people like, you know, well, I'm going to go out in the woods and I'm a, you know, I, go, I go to the cathedral of the woods and I you know, commune with God and stuff like that. Is there anything wrong with that? No. No. I, I mean, I mean if, you, if you can go out in the woods and not see God, you don't have your eyes open. But if that's your, well, I do that, you know, I, I'd rather be out there than 
you know, in this stuffy church, you know, worshiping God and stuff like that. Well, I think it's both and. I don't think it's either or. But I don't, you know, what, when we get to the next chapter, it says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But ever the more, we're talking about building one another up as we see that day approaching. You can't do that in the woods. Not by yourself, you can't. And so there's things like Abel shows us the right way, Cain shows us the wrong way. And then Cain's murder of Abel is just evident what was in his heart all along. What Enoch shows us is how to walk with God. It's a faith walk. What Noah shows us is that when we have faith, we move with fear for the saving of our house. What, what, what one thing does a Christian mom and a Christian dad want more than anything else? The salvation of their children. What, what Christian mom or Christian dad's heart, what, what hurts them more than anything else? Because John says, my greatest joy is to see my children walking in the faith. And by the way, can I just echo that? Amen. There's nothing. Okay, you don't pastor a church. But I think you could say, yeah, Adam, still, maybe not. But I'm feeling you. I understand. When somebody leaves the faith, is that hard? I can't even describe it. I can't even, I don't even have words for it. And you say, well, they're not your children. Well, I feel very paternal towards them, and maybe they're not. There's no greater joy than to see our children walking in the faith, both our spiritual children and our physical children. You don't have to be a mom or dad to figure that out. And there's no greater heartache, there's no greater pain, there's no greater suffering than to see a child, a wayward child. The prodigal son, he tore up his dad's heart. Dad's on the road looking just praying, hoping. And then, of course, he goes crazy when his, in a good way when his son comes back. Because we don't lecture. We don't, we're, not, we're not like that. When you come crawling back here, guess what? You don't have that attitude. Now, let's, okay, new stuff now. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive from inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Two things I want to... Faith looks like something. It looks like obedience. We used to sing this song uh, to the Iwana kids. Uh, you, you guys know Iwana. Uh, approved workmen and not ashamed. We had Iwana kids. We were in Iwana. It was a Baptist-style church, although it wasn't a Baptist church per se. And so we had a Iwana club. And it was good. Kid, taught kids memory verses in King James English. <laughs> we had, it was kind of a two-step process. Teach them how to recite it, and then teach them what that English meant, because they had no idea. But to him that worketh not, but believeth in him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Well, many of you don't even know what that means, and a little nine-year-old kid doesn't hardly know what it means either. Uh, but it was good. They were learning Scripture, and we teach teaching about it. And we had this song, Obedience is the Very Best Way to show that you believe. Now sing it, O-B-E-D. Come on, sing with me. <laughs> I-E-N-C-E. And it goes, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Well, it is. Um, when we get to, when we fish Hebrew, we'll go to James. James chapter 2, big mystery to a lot of people. You got faith? It should look like something. It should look like you working out your faith with fear and trembling. Earning it? Well, that's ridiculous. 
We we know much too many verses by that, but it looks like something. It looks like faithfulness. It looks like obedience. It looks like, hey, Abe, come on out. i got a place for you over here. What happens? Abe comes out. And through Abraham, we learn something about uh, what salvation looks like. There's always a coming out. There's always an entering in. Think about the children of Israel. Egypt is a picture of the world. You can't stay in Egypt and be saved. I know a lot of Christians... Maybe the majority, maybe I'm just being cynical, who just, there's no change, there's no, there's no before and after pictures, there's no redemption, there's no salvation, they weren't saved from anything, they're still caught in the same sin that they've always been caught in. I always think, like, what were you saved from? What were you saved to? What did you come out of? Because there's a coming out of the herb the colony. You say, well, I don't know, Adam, you're using that, but I don't know if the scripture says that or supports that. It doesn't? Come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you, saith the Lord. Learn in Leviticus. And Leviticus is like pulling teeth at most people. Me, it's one of my funnest books. What it's showing us is separation or in a word, holiness. Uh, don't even eat that. Don't put it in your mouth. You're different. You're different. What do you think God just, he created shellfish. You think he's like, that's horrible. Don't eat that. Well, there may be health reasons, there may be things of this nature. What he's saying is, I want your diet to be separate. I want your clothing to be separate. I want your everything about you, the way you greet each other, the way you bless each other. I want your worship. I want you to be separate. I want you to be curious, weird, different, on purpose. I don't want you to be like everybody else. And what do we, what do, we do in Christianity? Very, very, very often, we try to be like everybody else as much as we can whatever degree it doesn't you know they have Christian nightclubs what's that all about hooking up and what yeah don't we stand for anything you know our lives should look different they should be different from everybody else's on purpose there's a coming out from among them I don't know that we should just be weird if you live holy that's weird enough. What? You don't smoke dope? Me and Noah were talking earlier. He, he, people can't imagine he doesn't drink or smoke. And I mean smoke, I'm not talking about cigarettes. I'm talking about, you know, wacky tobacco there, or whatever you want to call it these days. I don't know. No, he doesn't smoke dope. He doesn't, he doesn't drink. You are some weird dude. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I love I love Jesus. I, I is a difference. Is a separation. We shouldn't see how much we can cozy up with the world. We can see how different we can be. Not purposelessness difference. Uh, a difference on purpose. Like I said, I don't want to be weird just for the sake of being weird. But you worship God with your life. You don't do what you want. You do what He wants. That's weird enough. There's a coming out, and there's a being separate. And it looks like some. It looks like obedience. When he was called to go to a place which he should have received from inheritance, he obeyed. He went out. He didn't know where he was going. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. That sounds like you. He, he was a stranger. This world is not our home. Just passing through. Right? I, there's that song I'm just thinking about. This world is not my home, only passing through. I got a home laid up beyond the 
sky of blue or something like that. And the angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And I know what that is. I, I experienced that when I got saved. Yeah, I was really right at home here. This was it for me. And all of a sudden it's not. Everything's strange and different and weird. And what happened? God spoiled my taste for this world. He just did. And all of these, all the vain things that charm me most, they just don't anymore. They, they're vain. They're just, it's all earmarks for destruction. Oh, he went out, uh, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. Tabernacles there means tents. He's dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of that same promise. For he looked for a city whose hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He could have, he was very, very wealthy. He could have built a huge mansion. Whatever the day could afford. They say Ur of the Chaldees, which came out, had indoor plumbing. They've unearthed it. It's like it's not like some little backwater as we would imagine, you know, little house on the prairie or something. It was quite a city with, you know, civilization and everything, and quite advanced. He turned away from all that. He was living in a tent. Why? Why is that important? Why does the author of Hebrews have to tell that? Because he has no permanent dwelling place here. He's a man of tents. He didn't put down any roots. He knew, he knew he was just passing through. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm just putting up my tent. I'm not going to be here long. See, well, I have a house, you said. Yeah, I know, so do I. It's good in Maine, <laughs> especially. Tents, not so good to live in year-round. And the fact you have indoor plumbing and you shower regularly, we like that, okay? Don't change. Uh, and God likes to bless us. I think the idea here is like, you know, uh, we say this a lot, like, so you got a lot of this world's goods. Good. You know what that proves? It means God's a good father. He loves to shower blessing on. He's, he's almost indulgent. He's almost spoils us. I always thought about my kids. I like to spoil them. I don't want them acting spoiled. I know what that means, you know, for dad to give your boys, your, your kids the best. You know, be able to buy them nice things. I know, I know what that's all about. God's that way. He's He's a blessing God. And Abraham's saying, "Yeah, it's all a mark for destruction. Thanks for all the stuff, but my heart's desire is to be where you are." He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. That says a lot to us. That should change. That may be one of those moments where we sit there and we pray that through and say, "Spirit of God, am I?" Is my heart's on the right things here? Because it's okay to have stuff, but when the stuff has us, all temperates, all earmarked for destruction. And I'm not trying to spoil your... So you, you you got a new car you're buying, and you drive it out of the showroom, and you're all happy. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I'm really, really not. That act itself will rain on your parade. It's not going to deliver all the excitement you think it is. It's my first new car. I, I've never had a new... And then as soon as you drive out of the show, you say, big whoop, this is all... Because that's how life is. You think like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing is going to be the thing that's just going to 
There's no real lasting joy outside service to Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you the answer. It's an open book test. You haven't found that out yet? Just cut to the chase. You can do all the other stuff, and then after a long, long season of chasing your tail and trying to you know, get the American dream and reaching for the brass ring and everything else, you'll come to the place you think, it's all moth-eaten, rusting, and it's nothing. It's not what life's about. You'll figure it out. I'm not even nerved up about it. You'll get there. He looked for a city whose builder maker is God. Through faith also, Sarah uh, herself received strength to conceive seed. And she was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. It doesn't mention anything about uh, uh, Ishmael. It doesn't mention anything about Hagar. You know, you, you read this, you think... Uh, um, Abraham is the father of faith. He's the best guy ever. Sarah, well, she was awesome. You know, God looks at our lives a different way than we look at them. They're, remember, they're made righteous by faith. So God's not like, hey, remember Abraham, the guy who, I called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. He went up river for a, a while, stayed there 25 years in Haran till his dad died. And then I called him again. Haran means like, Wasting time. <laughs> and call him again. Now he finally came into the promised land. Does it mention that here? It mentions Sarah's faith. Sarah said, hey, uh, Abe, uh, it ain't happening. You know, even when we were kids, I couldn't have any children. Now, I'm like, uh, I'm like this old lady. You think it's going to happen now? Look, go into Hagar. Go ahead and have seed. God's little helper, huh? That was a mistake. That was a terrible mistake. Does God rub their nose in it, so to speak? No. No, he's... he's, He sees her remarkable faith. At some point... Listen, God appeared to Abraham. By the way, Scripture tells us seven times if you want to count them all. It doesn't name them. Okay, the first time he did this, second time. But if you count them through and you're careful, you'll find out that he appeared to him seven times. Did he ever appear to... uh, Sarah, once in the tent, as far as we know, you know, and she's in the back and laughing at, oh, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a child, huh? I'm gonna have a child. He's a, my old man. He's an old man. Me, I'm no spring chicken. I could never have kids. She laughed. Uh, God's in the front of the tent. I think it's Jesus Christ. Okay, a- Abraham rejoiced to see my day. I think it's Jesus Christ. Um, in a pre-incarnate visitation. We call it a Christophany in the uh, appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Um, he says, uh, hey, why is she laughing? Hey, honey, why are you laughing? Oh, I'm not laughing. <laughs> she goes, I, God says, I tell you what, let's name the boy Laughter, just to remember that you weren't laughing, you know. And uh, Is that God being snotty? or No, I think it's God being comical and winsome and every time you call hey Isaac Yitzhak right means laughter every time you call his name you'll remember that you didn't laugh it's funny to me but she got to that point at what part did she buy in I I don't know did did God appear to her and Abraham in her of the Chaldees or she's just like you going where you doing what okay we're leaving this wonderful home that you've given me to go where? To live in tents? What? Is that, is that, we don't even know, right? 
obviously she goes west. And obviously I think she was a good wife all these years. And I think she made a mistake with Hagar. But, uh, you know, God doesn't throw our mistakes in our face and rub our nose, and so to speak. But he does remember this, that she received strength to conceive seed. So what happened there? She was delivered of a child when she was past age. How did that work? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. God can do things that you... How can, how can you take an old... She's 75, 80 years old. So Abraham, well, I think she's like 15 years younger than Abraham. So Abraham's like about 100. She's 85 when she's having a baby. How does that work? Well, back in the antediluvian, it wasn't antediluvian. He's like, like this real old man. She's this real old lady. I don't know if you know any 85-year-old women. Mom's 84. I can't imagine right now her. <laughs> she listens to this. This would be the first one she ever listened to. Sorry, Mom. Just, I'm just making a point, okay? <laughs> Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, the writer says, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. How much sand is by the seashore? You say, uh, I'm sure more than I can count. That's the point. How many children does Abraham have? Uh, last year I was, uh, I was talking to somebody. I said, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what to get my wife for Christmas. And they said that, name, have a star named after her. And I thought like, no, she won't like that. I talked to her, I said, because I was, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this, I was thinking at Ancestry.com, she goes, mm, don't care, I know who my parents are. Uh, you want a star named after? She goes, one already is. She knows scripture, oh, I don't know which one it is, but <laughs> there's one of them up there, and it's got my name on it, it's just, and she's, right? Well, a lot of, a lot of children, they were dead, they were as good as dead. There's no Abraham Jr. And, and God worked miraculously and he did it by faith um would she have had a child absent faith and that's the question we always have to ask ourselves you know think about this i don't want you to have faith in faith that's a really bad idea i want you to have faith in god i don't want you to be one of them name it and claim it people that's obtuse it's scripturally inept you don't know the Bible. Should you have faith? Oh yeah. You should have faith in God. He can do anything. He can make children happen where none have ever happened before. He can do anything. And he's worthy to be trusted, worthy to be believed in. Um, it says in the New Testament that about one place where Jesus did not many, many miracles there because of his, their lack of faith. What does that look like? He's like, Jesus' hands are tied. I can't work because you ain't exhibiting faith. Doesn't sound right to me. Doesn't have the ring of truth. God spoke the worlds into existence. Why? Because of your faith? <laughs> no. Because the angel's faith? No. Because he did it because he did it. He's not limited by your lack of faith. He said, what is that scripture telling us? I think it's telling us that nobody came for healing nobody came for the miracle nobody came and brought you know demon possessed to jesus they're like man is jesus the carpenter he grew up among us what does he what can he do and he he couldn't do many works there sometimes you have not because you ask not 
You don't expect a miracle. You don't expect God to do anything. You already know the end result. I'm not praying for them. They'll never get saved. Is, is anyone hearing me? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Because I'm guilty of this, and I shouldn't be the only one here miserable. <laughs> I share my misery with everybody. And, and when I say it has some truth to it, we don't, God's bound by the fact that we don't, we're not asking. Is her faith integral to the story? It is. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off and were persuaded of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Let's keep going. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Okay? And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity uh, to return. That's a problem. Looking back, I, I've talked with people, I've counseled with people. Oh, before I was, it's so hard being a Christian. Before I was a Christian, it was so easy. Are you on drugs? Have you lost your mind? I was a plaything of Satan. I had no free will to not sin. I had no wherewithal to stop from any bad habit, any sin, any vice, any... I, I, I told you before, Satan laughs at our white knuckles. We're just going to white knuckle our way. If you ain't got the power of God in your life, good luck to all the stuff you think I can quit. I don't believe it. You think alcoholics like being alcoholics? Alcohol made people happy. Alcoholics would be the happiest people on earth. If drugs made people happy, heroin addicts would be the happiest people on earth. Sex made people happy. Prostitutes would be the happiest people on earth. Why can't they stop? Why can't uh, like deviates and like sexual predators and people addicted to pornography? Why can't they stop? Just, just, just white knuckle method. You, you were happier back then. When you were sending up the storm and you could do nothing to stop, you were happier then. Really? I, I don't understand. You know, the children of Israel, they'd be, you know, they'd be, uh, you know, um, in the wilderness, and they all oh, think about, you know, we back in Egypt, we had leeks and onions and garlic and the melons. Oh, the melons. Oh. You were a slave, dude. Hello, anybody home? You, you know what I mean, like. We just had this weird selective memory. If we're mindful of that place we came out, you may have an opportunity to return. But they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they may have an opportunity to have returned. That's not a good thing. Forgetting that which is past, looking forward to you know the to the high praise of his calling and you know pressing on and all that good stuff. When I'm referring to Philippians, not very well. I'm not quoting it very well, but leaving those things behind and pressing on towards the mark. That's, that's kind of what it's saying there. But now they desire a better country. That is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. I, I think this is one of the most remarkable verses in this whole epistle here. God's not ashamed to be called their God. Because I think a lot of us, a lot of times, to name the name of Jesus Christ, we're ashamed. Because <laughs> we're ridiculous and we are clueless and we don't understand anything. The Creator. <laughs> 
the glorious creator, all heaven, the myriads of angels sing his name. We, we blush, <laughs> knuckleheads. We just don't get it. He's not ashamed to call our God. You think if anyone was shamed, God would say, come in, look at it. One of the angels came to God. Yeah, uh, see Adam, see what he's doing? Like Gabriel goes up to God. Check out Adam. And God's like, oh, you hey. Uh, right? No. No, he's not ashamed to call our God. Isn't that a remarkable verse? Because I think that's crazy and extraordinary. Now, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it has been said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he received him in a figure. Let's talk about this. It's called, it's in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 22. I almost want to go there. Um, this will be the last thing we'll do today, okay? But uh, stay with me. Acts, I mean, Genesis chapter 22. The Hebrews call it the Akedah, the offering. It's very, very important in their thinking. What Abraham shows us here is to go with what God says, even when we don't understand it. You want my what? My son? Um, he's the promised one. He's the heir of all that I'm going to have. You said that. And now you want me to offer him up? All right, Lord, if it's what you want. Now, you want to offer up your children? Stop. Stop. Okay, we have the written word of God. God hates that. He says that never came to my mind. Many of the heathen, they offer up their children as a sacrifice to God. We read about that horrible practice in the book of uh, First and Second Kings, did we not? And God said, I don't know where you're getting that. I've never, it never even came to my mind. The Canaanite gods requested that of their people. God of the Bible, no. So God's saying something. Hey, I want you. And by the way, any child sacrifice is a wicked perverted shadow of what, how God offered up his son for the sins of all the world. The, the, the pagan gods request of you offer up your children. God says, no, no need. I'll offer up mine. We'll take care of the sin problem, but you can't do it. I don't care how many kids you sacrifice, your sins are still your sins. And now you're adding to them. You see that. So he's telling them to do something God he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Your only son? Um, God, what about Ishmael? Yeah, we don't count your mistakes. He's not the child of the promise. He's the child of the flesh. Oh, I'll bless him. Don't you worry about him. Take your son, your only son, the real one, the one whom in, in Isaac shall thy, thy seed be called. Uh, Isaac's going to propagate your, the, the stars in the heavens, the sand by, that's to Isaac, okay? Not to Ishmael. That's the way it goes. Um, I want you to take him. I want you to offer him. Your son, whom you lovest, it says. And it's the first time in Scripture it has the word love. And it's associated with sacrifice. Isn't that crazy good? So we have a picture of a God who so loved that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that an incredible picture? So off they go to Mount Moriah. You know it better as Golgotha. Three days journey. Anyone seeing the trend starting to develop here? If you haven't seen it yet, Isaac is carrying the wood up the hill on his back. <laughs> God is very obvious in case we're not paying attention. 
hey, you got the sacrifice, you got the uh, wood for the sacrifice. You got, where's the sacrifice, Dad? God will provide Himself a sacrifice. Is that faith or is that just stalling the kid? By the way, we look at the flannel graphs and the coloring books and all the stuff we teach our kid with, and he's like seven or eight, okay? And dad, you know, grabs him at the last minute, overpowers him, ties him down to the altar, et cetera, et cetera. What? Where did you get that? He's probably about 30 years old. Could have easily overpowered his dad, but that destroys the type. He, he died when he was about Christ's age, plus or minus, okay? I, I don't want to say exactly, but am I thinking probably exactly, maybe even to the day. So we have a picture of a son who's obedient unto death. That's what Philippians chapter 2 tells us about Jesus Christ. So we have a father who's so loved that he gave his only son. We have a son who's obedient even unto death. I'm sure, uh, in my own thing, Isaac's like, Dad, Dad, you sure? You sure? Listen, all I know is what God told me, son. He said that I'm supposed to offer you here, and that's how it's supposed to be. Well, Dad, I'm supposed to be the heir. He goes, ah, God will work it out. Maybe he'll raise you from the dead. Is that what Scripture tells us? Yeah, it does. As a matter of fact, uh, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. Did he? Yeah. And whence also he received him in a figure means he did raise him from the dead. Figuratively. Look, he was born raised from the dead. They, their wombs were dead. That line had ended. And God miraculously moves in. And he's born of one who is all but dead, is what Scripture is telling us. Uh, that line, no good. Ended. Dead. And then what do we have? We have the birth of Isaac. And this is a picture of resurrection. Now we have Mount Moriah, Golgotha, right? The very place. Three days journey. Him carrying the, 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 the wood up, up to his own sacrifice. A father who so loved that he gave. A son who's obedient even unto death. I think, he's, he, I think they had that discussion. And Isaac says, Dad, if you're sure, you've got to do what God's told you to do. Isaac is a picture of faith. He's a, he's a picture of Christ very often in Scripture. Incredible, incredible picture. And, you know, then you have the, the coloring book again. He's got the knife raised, about to plunge it. And we always have that word plunge comes in. I don't think it's plunge. I think it's slice. That's how you made a burnt offering. You slit its throat. Whatever he did, the angel of the Lord appears. Stop. Cease and desist. What did God learn from that encounter? Trick question. God doesn't learn anything. What did Abraham learn? Much. He called the place Jehovah-Jireh. In the mount, it means God will provide. He already told Isaac, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Was it? A couple thousand years later, it was. Incredible, incredible, incredible. What, is, what does this picture show us? Because God's not asking us to sacrifice our children. God's saying, I don't care how unlikely it is. I don't care how weird it is. I don't care how much you don't understand. I don't care how much you think you've got to figure it out. I, I talk to people like, like uh, you know what you've got to do before you get married? You've got to play the field. You've got a lot of different partners. You've got to experiment. You've got to, what does Scripture say? No. 
one man, one woman for life. On your wedding night, you should be discovering what sex is all about. Doesn't make sense God's way, but it's the way. It's the right way. And then later on, when we look at our lives, we say, you know, God's ways were better, but they're always better. And when something doesn't make sense, what does that mean? It means our tiny, tiny, tiny little brains can't get around it. That's what it means, okay? It doesn't mean like, very often God calls us to do a thing, and we figure out why, in this case, God doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm counseling people all the time about this. I'm counseling people all the time about this. I'm counseling people all the time about this. People don't come to me with problems because they were obedient to God. Not likely. I mean, not all the time. Not often. I mean, they're at the crossroads. And this is what Scripture tells us. This, I think, is what God's calling me. But, hey, 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 you know what my counsel be? Do what God tells you to do. Is it going to come out wrong? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't think so. But it doesn't make any sense. It does, but you're just looking at it from the wrong. Well, on the other side, it'll make a lot of sense. I mean, think about what, what Abraham showed us here. It made a lot of sense from the, the other end of it, if you can picture, if you can see the whole thing. He's acting out a prophecy. Did that prophecy come true? Yeah. Yeah. Would it have come true outside of that picture? Picture helps us see what actually transpired there. You with me? Anyone here understand one thing I'm saying? I feel like sometimes I'm losing you. Anyway, so there you have it. So we're going to end there, and we're going to have communion now. Let's uh, let's pray. I, I give you a chance to, to stand. How's that? And our uh, worship team will come now, and we'll pray. Well, there's a lot to think about here from your word this morning. We want to be that faithful guy that come out from among them be separate guy. We don't want to hold anything back from you. I mean, it was quite a thing for Abraham. We understand it. And let's speak to our hearts. I, I don't want to re-preach my sermon, but it, it just seems that I want us to be at the end of the day People who are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. This world is not our home. But we get awful comfortable here sometimes, present company included. It's hard for me to always always be thinking in terms of the of the eternal because the the present is right in front of us. Help us, Lord, to live by faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our desire to get God's Word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear I count it all as lost Lead me to the cross where you love